Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We are two games in to the URC season and already it's been a couple of terrible weeks for Scottish rugby but also some good weeks for Scottish rugby you just never know what you're gonna get Matt two weeks in are you loving the return of the URC it's been pretty good to be honest I think um obviously Edinburgh going pretty good guns and although Glasgow had that disappointing first week there was a bit of a I don't know a spring in the step in Scotland on Friday so you know, I think it's asking too much to expect two pro wins in, in any given weekend. So you'll take what you, you're given, really. Yeah. Alan, is Scottish rugby back? Um, it never left. So it's, here. it's always here. I don't know. I'm getting, one concern about the URC is like some, the Italians and like a couple of the Welsh teams are like starting to look okay, which I don't really like. The Dragons I mean, rolling monster really, really shook me. Yeah, and then like Zebra taking Leinster close, obviously Benetton looking pretty, looking pretty good. It's, you know, you've sort of like upped the ante with the Safa teams, but you kind of yeah. wanted, wanted to keep at least yeah. some sort of fodder at the bottom, right? You don't, you, you don't, you don't want it all to be hard. So, um, so no, it's uh, Jay, maybe Jay-Z knew what he was doing. Yeah, maybe it is going to be the fantastic investment that um, they always thought it was. So we will get into, obviously, Glasgow's big win against Cardiff and Edinburgh's spirited loss on the road to the Bulls um, in a second. You can always follow us on Twitter. That's at ThistleRugbyPod and on Instagram, Thistle__RugbyPod. And the newsletter was back last week. That's on Substack. Get yourself subscribed on there, the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. You can find us on there but why don't we dive into some 
news first and foremost, obviously happening down in the English Premiership, but Worcester going into administration, but has direct knock-on um, to some Scotland internationals, namely uh, Rory Sutherland and Duhan van der Merwe. Um, Alan, are the SRU going to be trying to pick up some distressed assets from uh, Worcester, do you reckon? The, the Dodson master plan, you know. This is it. There was there was rumours that they were they were sniffing around. What was it back in 2018 when what looks like increasingly the biggest bunch of jokers um, oh, took over Worcester. One of them went, one of them who wasn't allowed to be a trainee solicitor because his like record was so bad. But really? Was, yeah, yeah, that was that's what they were saying. <laughs> I saw that he also tried to take over like Morecambe United and failed yeah. the fit and proper owners test. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, Worcester yeah. were like. Oh, well, he sounds like a great guy to do business with. I know. It's completely, completely ridiculous. So um, you think the, the Dodson master plan was the SRU were going to put in a good bid for Worcester. He got yeah. wind of this terrible bid and he's like, let's just leave it three years and we'll come back and clean pick, up. Pick up the ashes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Worcester Reavers coming. Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> But on a, on a on a relatively serious note, I suppose it does leave, you know, Scotland internationals without without a game this weekend. Hundred percent for any weekends coming up, I guess. Do, I mean, like, do obviously Duhan's not Duhan's not going to have issues, but at the same time, you know, there is salary caps mm. and a lot of clubs, both in France and um, England, have already will have already tapped out, or at least will not have yeah. the space in their cap for someone like, like Duhan. Not for Duhan, no. And I guess, is, there, is there a cap in France? There, there, there's definitely some form of, of cap. I know there's always chat that it's like pretty easy to get around. <laughs> I suppose then, you've got, in France, you need to have a minimum amount of French qualified players. So that yeah. potentially, you build your squad around that. That doesn't necessarily leave room for a Duhan, for instance. No, Exactly. Um, Duhan will just get like he'll get employed by Altrad and play rugby on the side or something like that. <laughs> no, I mean I guess if it wasn't World Cup year, you could probably just ship him over to Japan and he yeah. would literally tear that league apart. Oh my god. <laughs> um but no, I guess I wonder whether you've obviously got those two, Finn Smith and then um is was Murray McCallum on a loan or was he there permanently? I think I think he moved down permanently. In the summer, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it would be nice. To see, I mean, he's been getting good game time recently. But, yeah, I wonder with someone like Rory Sutherland, whether he just commands such a big wage as well that he might struggle to, to find a club. And I, I get the sense that the Scottish pro teams aren't exactly like that keen to take on those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe the SRU will step in and say, these guys are part of our World Cup plans. They need game time. We'll help you out a bit, but yeah, it's not. It doesn't seem like a sort of with, foregone conclusion. With with human, there's just and there is just enough ample replacements that there just isn't a business case. There can't be a case for for Edinburgh using money to to sign yeah. Scotland. Yeah, um, Glasgow maybe the other way, but I guess probably based on the performance of the weekend, it's it's probably not the pack the way you'd want to make. That sort of investment, probably like maybe Duhan. <laughs> Duhan would probably be quite a good option for Glasgow, to be fair. Um, We'd quite like to see that. Yeah. It would be quite cool, like seeing Duhan playing in Scotland again. Maybe this is when um, 
the old glory bid comes through. <laughs> Duhan and Duhan and Saz are off to DC. Is that well? I mean, the SOU did they've written down their investment in old glory. So maybe this is sort of a last ditch attempt to like reinvigorate the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's there's a lot of sunk cost, and and Dodson wants it back. So going to ship Duhan over to <laughs> turn the tide. It is it is a sort an absolutely sorry state of affairs, um, and it'll be very interesting to see where, well, all of the players, but particularly the Scots, end up in the coming weeks. It's very uh, a very it's it's a brand new situation, so we don't really know where that's going to go. Other updates that came through today, I don't think it was a particular surprise to anyone who watched Glasgow at the weekend, but Rory Darge has had um, surgery on his ankle and he's going to be out for several months. Matt, big loss for the Autumn Internationals? Or do you think he was probably still just about on the bench for Scotland? Or do you think he really was sort of um, probably commanding a starting spot? Well, Richie's obviously come come back um, from injury and seems to looks like a, he's returned to form um, and, and fitness pretty pretty sharpish but I, I still think that Darge would have been pushing for a start um, in, in at least you know a couple of those games so that's just such a shame like it seems it, it seems as if since he's come on um, you know what like a year ago he's never really had a bad game for Glasgow or Scotland um, and it's just like such bad bad luck um, I mean, I think that we, with Richie back, Watson seems to be back to his best after a pretty decent summer tour. Like, I think we're we're lucky to have like reasonable depth there. But it's stick still... stick, Brad, stick Bradbury in between the two of them. Yeah, we're Bradbury. Um, yeah, De- Dempsey coming into qualification. Like, we're actually reasonably stacked. But I think you know that out and out seven. Maybe Darge and Watson are like the the only sort of like pure fetches we've got because even someone like Luke Crosby who's playing seven for Edinburgh at the weekend is more of that like six, seven. Mm. Yeah. And I think ultimately he, he was ha- ha- got to be minimum starting 23. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if he was on the bench, you sort of um, have Watson Rich to start such like a great player to sort of come off the bench and, and ultimately sort of seek out turnovers and to be fair, make yards. Um, kind of sort of that sort of five, 10 meters just outside sort of the ruck. So yeah, you know, going to see, but I guess uh, the, the only sort of silver lining is it, it's not going to, doesn't seem like he's going to be out for like the world cup, or at least he should be able to get a bit of some game time before the world cup. It's not kind of one of these like full 12 month injuries It's the sense I get. Yes. Several months. I suppose you could maybe be knocking, you could, you can interpret those and overinterpret that language as much as you want you could see him back for at least some of the six nations, maybe that back, the back end of the six nations. If he's, uh, if he's recovering well. I know now just because you mentioned it, Dempsey's an interesting one. Is he? Yeah. You think, you think, you think maybe ship him, ship him in at eight at some point, or do you think he's, is that eight position just going to be Ferguson V Bradbury? I, I think he's in the conversation a hundred percent. And I think, were it not for Bradbury seemingly having like an absolutely incredible start to the season for Bristol so far, it would have been probably Fagerson in pole position and then Dempsey as his backup. Um, I think they'll want to cap him if they can, just because I imagine he, he might still be on the radar of Australia. 
Um, and I think having like him, Fagerson, and Bradbury in the mix ahead of the World Cup is a bit of a luxury, really, considering number eight is maybe a position that we've struggled to fill in recent years. Yeah. I think one of the issues with him around Australia is just he just doesn't have enough caps to be picked if he's, st- if he's still playing in the UK. True. But I know Dave Rennie was wanting to change that rule or at least try and even further um, tweak it so he was sort of he had a bit more, a few more options. But uh, no, I mean, he was, we'll get onto it, but he is an absolute beast. <laughs> he was so good, so good against Cardiff the weekend. It is bloody good. It's, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, the offside line had a piece sort of, which didn't have that much new information in it, but it was just titled Jack Dempsey close to decision on potential Scotland switch. So he's obviously not fully made up his mind yet. That is the sort of like no additional information, but that's the sort of headline that I'm clicking on every single day. <laughs> I mean, he's got 26 comments underneath it. People are just, <laughs> that is the type of engagement that you need. Yeah. A mix of like a massive fans and just sort of like a simmering of xenophobia. So it's like that perfect blend <laughs> in the offside line comment section. Uh, well, yeah, well, it's certainly very, very interesting. But yeah, we, we should come on to talk about Dempsey because he was absolutely class at the weekend. Glasgow were back at Scotston on a Friday night, um, putting Cardiff to the sword 52 24. Um, Alan, I will come to you because I know you were watching it as well. Um, how big a seven-day turnaround for Glasgow in terms of just performance, but also just that, I guess, like the feeling around the whole club? No, 100%. And I, I, it wasn't like it was a, a particularly great start as well. I think even sort of the first 10, 15 minutes, I was a little bit worried um, at what type of performance Glasgow going to play. And, and, and ultimately, you know, it's not a terrible Glasgow team. But I think specifically the pack just really, really sort of stepped up. A lot of front football, even when Darge came off, to be fair, Tom Goran came on and was was really, really good. And just a few of those kind of, both your kind of Scotland um, internationals, so whether it's Xander Ferguson, Scott Cummings, big performances, but then also people like, to be fair, Richie Gray probably had his best performance in a Glasgow shirt that I can remember. And there was just something you just haven't seen for a very long time. It's just like consistent kind of Glasgow forwards getting over the game line and just kind of like smashing through rucks. And then ultimately you see someone like George Horn, who I think the one thing we've sort of found is when we're on the back foot a little bit, he's just not <laughs> a particularly great nine in that position. But when there's quick ball and we're on the front foot, he's one of, one of the best scrum halves in, in, in the UK. And he sort of showed it with this kind of that, the kind of, difference between his performance this weekend versus last weekend, which was um, which was pretty incredible. I think it was kind of the same with Tom Jordan as well for for that exact same reason that I think watching last week's game, probably quite a lot of Glasgow fans would be thinking, you know, why are we playing this guy even ahead of Miotti, um, given he was struggling, but due to the fact that the pack was on the back foot. And I thought... Um, on Friday night with um, that front foot ball, he looked like a really like the sort of skillful player that he clearly has um, shown he is at Super 6. So, yeah, that makes clearly all the difference. I, I was trying to remember, was Tom Jordan like a proactive, um, like Scotland acquisition? Or is he just, do you think, is he just come over? I think he's just come over. Yeah. 
because I I don't think he's. I could be wrong. I don't know if he's Scottish qualified. I I, I don't think he is either. Um, so just interesting that he's he's clearly sort of come over from what was it like? Uh, what, North Island, New Zealand, and uh, I mean, yeah, as you said, especially in that first half before he got the yellow card. I'm wrong. Actually, he's because he's been over here for quite a while. He is Scottish qualified next month. Oh, interesting. In October. But he looked good. And interestingly, to the fact that they, they must have had him, Miotti and Duncan Ware fit in the squad and they chose to stick with them after what was a bit of a mid-league performance last week, right? I mean, that was after Duncan Weir came on and everyone was like, this this guy maybe, God bless him, might have to pack in. He was a true hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, exa- exactly. But thank maybe you. Time thank is- you for your service. Exactly. Exactly. I'm Sam on Tom Jordan's um, LinkedIn. Uh, might connect. <laughs> he's um he's Tom Jordan rugby player, but his like banner photo is like a picture of like a Dow Jones like um, value chart. So he's plenty. Oh, nice. He's, he's put himself <laughs> out there. He's letting oh, nice. people know that he's not just a rugby player. So he's doing a bit of day trading. Maybe he is doing some day trading. Yeah. <laughs> and get some like F- FX like marketing through his Insta page. <laughs> Is it not Jason Baggett who was like a crypto trader for a while? Maybe that's what, if you sign for a Super Six side, you're contractually obliged obliged to, to trade some sort of coin. There's members. There's a wild time. Ryan Wilson months. was quite into like N- NFTs, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was. I was going to say six months ago when that real NFT crazy. I think there was quite a few rugby players who were sort of poking, poking the nose around. I remember there was interesting guy- sidebar on Ryan Wilson. What's going on with him? Is he like? not in the Glasgow frame anymore? Is he injured? I don't think he's injured. And, but he I, was I, on the sideline at the weekend. I saw on, on social media last week, he was, when Glasgow were playing Benetton, he was in on holiday in New York. And I don't know whether that was for a particularly special reason, um, but it did seem a bit odd to me. That he's obviously lost the captaincy now and then was away for the first game of the season. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, we talk about that sort of like embarrassment of riches in the Scotland back row area. I guess maybe until the Scotland lads go away, even at a Glasgow level, maybe he is surplus to requirements a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he asked me for likely. a while, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that argument was probably found a few, a few years ago. I mean, alongside the Darge um, injury update, um, we talked a bit about Tom Jordan there, but Ross Thompson now back in training, Ollie Smith back in training as well. Um, you know what? What does this? What does this result actually tell us about Glasgow and where they are in their cycle, and what I guess Franco Smith's trying to do with them, Alan? I think it potentially tells us absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I just I good just night. Thought, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for your, thanks for your analysis. <laughs> I think ultimately we you sort of look back to last season and Glasgow did have these types of performances in them, you know, whether it was like extra home or to be fair, even like the first fifty minutes of when they played away at Cardiff and they were blowing that Cardiff team like off the park until they ended up capitulating and losing. And I think probably my fear, and I, I hope this fear isn't realised, but my fear is that we're going to have 
similar situation to last year, where we've got a team that on their day, and if the pack's sort of fronting up, can blow teams off the park, but are ultimately pretty inconsistent. And when they're on the back foot, have got kind of a tendency to capitulate. So my, I think my, if I was putting my money somewhere, which given my sort of track record isn't, isn't particularly a good idea. Um, I could see them being relatively inconsistent, having some good wins, having some bad losses and coming in probably similar sort of eighth, ninth, sort of fighting for that mid, mid-table position. Going down to the Ospreys at the weekend, Matt, fancy them for that? Don't see why not. Um, I think Ospreys have either the same 1-1, one, one, lost one. I know that they've lost one, drawn one so far. Um, weren't great shakes last year. I mean, it's not an easy game, I think, particularly at the start of the season, but hopefully that that Cardiff game like gives them quite a lot of confidence. Um, I mean, I think the the nice thing was it it just seems as if like the players were sort of had a bit of a smile on their face. They were trying to play like the the Glasgow way in terms of that quick tempo, moving the ball, which I just think is that does suit the players that they've they've got and the players that they've got to come back as well. So I think they should be reasonably confident going down there. And I, I think maybe Benetton start of the season with no um, meaningful preseason to, to speak of potentially just wasn't a fair reflection of, of where Glasgow are. And now we start to get a bit of a better idea of what they're all about. And give me some predictions. The the next three for Glasgow, Ospreys away, Bulls at home, Sharks away. How many, what are Glasgow taking away from that? So they've got Bulls at home and then they're, they're down in Durban. In Durban, yeah. They then do a swing, Sharks and the Lions. Interesting. I guess you ultimately, before you go down to the Slavka, you got to be trying to get those two wins. Appreciate Bulls are a good team, but at home, still probably without a couple of players, you want to be sort of targeting that because it's going to be a struggle, I think, down in South Africa once those teams have got some of their internationals back. But, yeah, I think they'll probably probably sneak the Ospreys this weekend and then I think they'll probably struggle against those three Safa sides. I think, I, think could, I think they could win the home game. Yeah, I just worry. Yeah, I know Edinburgh fronted up well, but, man... The, the bulls are yeah. horrible, yeah. <laughs> like genuinely terrifying when they get going, when they get kind of a bit of a, a head of steam and they just get runners kind of going. It's so difficult to stop. And I just wonder whether they'll, they'll struggle a little bit um, with, with that size and speed of that pack. Well, should we talk, talk a little bit about the bulls then um, with Edinburgh losing last minute, 33-31 to the Bulls. Alan, Mornay Stain, how is he still a thing? Yeah, well, I think it was Matt that actually said that comment, which I, I then stole and oh, put, on, put on the, the Twitter feed. I did, yeah, I, I didn't say anything about that. I didn't notice that. That's, oh, I thought... It's been <laughs> simmering nice, now for a few days. That's a nice assist. That's a nice yeah. assist. Come yeah, on. I know. I didn't take personal credit. No, I teamwork. Took, I took group credit. Um, yeah. It's and I mean the thing is ultimately I think if we'd had a kicker of Morningstein's quality, we're we're winning that match because there was I appreciate to be fair Bennett from a conversion standpoint did did pretty well. Little weird thing this weekend sort of conversion takers for both teams sort of quite strange watching George Horn take conversions and be really really good at taking conversions or just mm. kicking sorry, 
Um, and then obviously Bennett was the main kicker for Edinburgh, which I know he did quite a bit of when he was at Air, but I haven't really seen him do it much for um, for Edinburgh, Glasgow. Um, and then, yeah, you had sort of Immelman doing some of the, the longer range kicking, but he was pretty wayward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I mean, it, it was, I thought it was good performance. It, you know, Van der Vaart was came off injured. They were 15-0 down pretty early doors. Gilchrist went in the bin when they, I think they might have still been 15-0 down. So on to third choice 10, 14 men. It looked so hot at altitude away. And I think to kind of come back, put in a sort of perform, put in that type of performance, obviously completely gutting sort of the way it ended, especially kind of having that chance to win. But I think that's the sort of performance that when you look back at sort of hopefully the end of the season and they've sort of done pretty well, you'll be like, that was actually a pretty, pretty great, pretty happy to take two points out of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And and Matt, we were talking about it a little bit offline. Sam Skinner looking like a awesome piece of business for Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, even without Skinner, the the team just looks really strong at the moment. And I noticed that they've now sent out like Muncaster and Hutchinson, um, Hutchinson, Cameron Hutchinson. Uh, to South Africa, it's just two like really nice players to have. You've got like Connor Boyle is like playing Super Six at the moment, um, and Skinner just adds like such a high level of ability and performance, and like that sort of big game experience from Exeter as well. Um, and yeah, just adds to like what is already a, a really strong strong pack. So yeah, it's a hell hell of an addition, really. Yeah, and and another non non controversial opinion, but Alan, how good is Darcy Graham looking? The, the man looks good. Is <laughs> looks real good. It's I actually think it's sort of that the finish for was it the first try where he just sort of it was it, you know it's it's less of a step and more of like the arc round. Just sort of love love it when a player sort of kind of like has that sort of balance to be able to to kind of do that that sort mm. of changes direction at pace. Um, but it was nice to see, and and you know what, all all the back three, obviously Darcy's getting sort of all the the plaudits, and completely rightly so. But actually, Immelman is rock solid, and I know he missed the kick at the end, but his sort of ability, his sort of ability to take down high balls, and his boot in yeah. South Africa is just such a just such an asset, especially when you've got sort of Darcy and Hoyland who potentially aren't the best kicking wingers it's good to have someone that's like that reliable and got that weapon so no it was, it was nice balance and you know great to see sort of Darcy just kind of continuing a lot of the form he had last year right I think they would have won if um, Christine hadn't had to pull out injured impact impact sub might have got himself a little try would have just instilled that confidence that they were going to take the win yeah I think that was yeah. the you know, losing the two standoffs wasn't great, but I think that was a real killer blow. If if King Buffelli had been there for cruising that match, he's he's 100% kicking that last that last pen. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Someone was saying, he's in South Africa. <laughs> did, did they, did they, did the game they just had was, uh, was in South Africa. So he could technically just kind of come <laughs> stay around for the Stormers match if they wanted to ship him in. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, clearly, he's probably like, I need a rest. <laughs> he can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not sure what kind of the process is with, with, with those guys who play rugby championship, whether they will have had a rest pre-rugby championship or whether they've got to have one now. Because um, King, Kinghorn's out there as well, isn't he? Well, yeah, because obviously he was originally meant to start, but then he yeah. got a stomach bug. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully he should be back for the Stormers on on Saturday. Oh, it's no rest of the wicket, is it? I mean, that's well, just, it's, yeah. it's absolutely brutal. Like, second match. The Stormers yeah. look pretty good against Connacht as well, even without their internationals. Yeah, I hadn't quite realised that it was like back-to-back URC finalists. It's kind of like, not only is it kind of the Safa trip, but it's like probably the two worst Safa teams that you could play. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, they've then got the Edinburgh then got the Lions at home the following week. So got you. they take down all the all the Safas in one in one fell swoop. <laughs> but I think as we as as you tweeted, Alan, I don't know if you stole it once again from me, but um <laughs> the fact that like Mate, you sound you sound like a Scottish print journalist getting annoyed about um people stealing content. That's <laughs> true actually, yeah. I, I, don't ever let me do that again. Um <laughs> but like losing your two tens, um against the Bulls, getting those two bonus points, having a chance to win it at the end. The fact you've now got like Watson, Richie and Mata all back to fitness, like, and Skinner having his debut. It's a pretty good outcome really at the end of the day. Are we, are we ready to apologize to Bill Mata? I, I, you know what? I was literally about to say, <laughs> I, I, I think it, it's, it's early. It's a bit early. And he's not quite making the impact, but I, I think he's do, definitely doing enough for uh, for us to, well, for yeah. me specifically. <laughs> but, oh, no, I thought he looked that, terrible. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's look he's looking he's looking good. I suppose and, it's just like it is. You forget how good he is and can be when he's at hundred percent. So even if he is operating at like eighty, eighty-five, yeah, like, he is just so good. No, exactly. Um, I never thought he looked that bad. I didn't really understand the the vitriol that you guys had for him. Mate, when you're looking in the mirror, was it vitriolic? <laughs> no, it wasn't vitriolic. <laughs> but you, I think the words "terrible Nick" were used behind closed doors, and I was like, I, oh, I think he looks all right. There were some photos that Edinburgh were putting out where he looked he looked bad. Yeah. Firstly, I, I'm allowed to say because I've also got terrible. Rick. so it's like not rude <laughs> if you've also got it but i think objectively and also relatively to other rugby players he was in pretty bad nick maybe not in comparison to like your average scotsman but i think on the spectrum of rugby players not looking great at the time and i can't wait christmas time you're in fingers bill Mata taps you on the, <laughs> taps you, taps you on the shoulder it spark, sparks right. you out I don't think oh. Bill Matter could fit in fingers. Yeah. He'd have to, yeah, crane his neck. He'd have to crouch down a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, to, to drag us back onto something semi-serious, I mean, two games in, Edinburgh obviously had a very, very impressive win in round one and then a near sort of a near miss against one of the better sides in the league. I mean, is, are we, how impressed are you, should I say then, Alan, with, I guess, Blair's Babes round two? Super impressed. And I think, you know, there's still clearly like quite a lot to come. You know, ultimately, Kinghorn's mm-hmm. not started a match. Um, and 
your people like Wes Goosen and Buffelli are are still to sort of come in come into that back lane. So I think sort of having that pack sort of probably dominating against the dragons, at least in mostly parts, getting parity with the sort of bulls. I think the fact that you've kind of got a few few other um, players come into the back line to help kind of spark that. I feel like Blair's going to be pretty pretty confident that they're going to make at least the playoffs and should be challenging. Forgot about Haining. Haining to return as well. Oh, yeah. Easy to forget about Nick Haining, isn't it? He's always injured. He, he, I bet he'll be fit for the Autumn International. <laughs> he'll, start, he'll start at eight against the All Blacks. <laughs> against New Zealand. Everyone will be like, what the fuck's going on, Tinny? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Edinburgh sitting pretty, sitting in fourth, looking all right. They've got Stormers, Lions, Benetton, Zebra coming up as their next four. So two big games in the Scottish um, Italian Shield in October there to look forward to. Um, was there anything else we wanted to cover off? Um, I've kind of gotten to the bottom of our um, the, the little agenda I'd written. We're going to chat about the Brad Bradbury Renaissance yeah. yes. match. Just, I mean, to be fair, I'm surprised. I, I'm very surprised how good Bristol have been. Um, I'm, oh, it does sound like Bradbury's been a massive part of that. He also looks a bit leaner. Yeah, he does. He looks in great shape. Yeah, which um, and me and you have got a keen eye for the shape of number eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has <laughs> been pre- previously proven in this podcast. No, he exactly. does look good. So, um. No, which is it's just good, right? You know, it, it did. It's Sometimes the sort of, a move is just right, you know. You needed yeah. something new. Exactly. Um, anything around the four? So Sterling Wolves still haven't won a match <laughs> since since the since, since the rebrand. rebrand. Since the right? rebrand, honestly, they they've got to pie it off. And I saw Ben Cairns <laughs> is leaving at the end of the season, isn't he? I think that was over the the name change yeah he was he'd, like he'd had enough he's like i can't abide <laughs> it's um their points difference is like minus 200 or something yeah it's pretty been a very bleak season T- tough old gig curse of the wolf the curse of the wolf sony <laughs> sony bums up top again which is uh it's tough to take unsurprisingly really. i think kind of seems like that them in airshare probably yeah. be the top, the top two. Um, I need to check back in with Super Six. Does it look look good, Matt? You went to you you've been to a couple of games, haven't you? Um, I went to. It's difficult to keep track of Super Six because the it seems to have been played about ten times in the last three years. <laughs> but like you've got the main competition, then you have like a super like a sprint that happens over summer. Um, but from what I saw, it was um, Sonians against Ayrshire. Um, it was it was it looked like kind of professional professional ish rugby in terms of it was bloody physical. Um, I wouldn't say the like the pace of the game was that with that great, but I think the intensity was a step up from Premiership stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it was I think it's a fairly decent product. I think that. It's it's a shame that the knights have tailed off as they have and Sterling because it seemed like even maybe a year or so ago, like each game was quite tight. Um, whereas now, um, 
you know, the Knights are an easy win. Um, and even Harriet's are a bit, I know, well, Sterling, obviously, Harriet's not as competitive as they have been. Um, but it, it seems that they're producing some players for that higher level, though yeah. most of them seem to go to England. But well, yeah, the feeder, the feeder league for the championship. Well, yeah. yeah, Patrick Harrison tearing out for the Irish in the Prem Cup. And, and Logan Trotter. Yeah. But no, I pre- it doesn't feel good that there's sort of that, it does appear to be that sort of gap between sort of the top four and the two and for all three of the Edinburgh teams to be in that top four as well. It's not, doesn't feel like there's that sort of part of it that maybe the SOU were, were hoping for in terms of, they, they kind of sacrificed a bit of the geographical spread when they ruled out the Hawks. And and now it feels a little bit like the Southern Knights and Sterling just aren't quite there as they maybe once were. It's Hawks and it's Edwin name. Is that right? Well, that's that's got history. <laughs> what the the hawk? <laughs> the hawk is synonymous with Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't aware of that history. I'd, I'd like to read more about it. Check back into it. Yeah. Great. Right. Um, well, thanks very much for for listening. We'll be back, I think. And I, I'm, I they haven't put out the media, um, they haven't put out the media thing yet. But we're getting close to a Scotland squad announcement for the November tests. Yeah, um, I think it might be next week. And then but maybe that's a bit early. Maybe in the next couple of weeks. Scotland women's match is a week first. Yes, World Cup match is a week on Sunday. And actually, because they're they're in the group with New Zealand, so it's like no one's going to get first um, first in the group. But their first match is against Wales, who, whilst being slightly ahead of them in the group, are obviously uh, there's definitely an opportunity for Scotland to win. So it's kind of like that first yeah. match is really like it's win or or you're probably not going to be going much further. Yeah, and Probably's the gals have touched down in New Zealand, so we will be covering that as we go through. Um, so keep an eye on our channels on um, Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod, and in the newsletter as well because we'll be covering it across them as well as discussing it um, on the podcast. Um, any other business, lads? All good. All good. In which case, we will chat to you very very soon. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. 